0: Well, hey, everybody. It's the Week in the Tackle podcast, the extra bits for Friday, our dangly bits from the programme where Brian Dunseth and me, Tom Rennie, are usually together on a Friday for a full Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XMFC. That is currently not the case, as our pal Brian Dunseth uh, is in the UK right now. He was actually at... Uh, the richmond FC pub in, in richmond this week uh, Tim horsey is with me a long-standing producer and, and struggling liverpool fan with the concept of not winning the league he's he's devastated doesn't understand it um he's to, you know Dunny, he's having a good trip isn't he but don't you think like how has he got enough time to have fun with the family in England instagram storying that much that's a lot isn't it
1: i don't understand how a man so people we all have the instagram stories right and if you post like Two. The bar at the top gets halved, so it's two little sections. You can't even see Dunny's anymore because he has so many Instagram stories up there. It, it's You need a microscope at the top of your iPhone, whatever phone you have, to see every little story that he has. Good for him. I guess this is his way to document his trip. I'm glad that he and the family are having a great time, obviously. Mm. but Get back to work. Get back to work, done, Seth. Well, I mean, I, look, nobody wants to listen to me. So we do need you to come carry this conversation once again. But I, I don't understand. I don't
0: believe that's true, Tim. Don't talk yourself down. Don't self-depreciate in that British way that you've adopted from us I was gonna be say, more american give me no. more confidence self-deprecating is what i do and i think i took it from you uh but yeah
1: i don't know how the wife doesn't look at him and go brian just for the for for a second we don't need to see every pancake that you eat in spain and <laughs> England. Like we don't need to see every single one uh you know maybe just you know dial it down just a little bit
0: there's a couple of bits of that i really like because I, I live in london and i have not done half the cultural <laughs> <shit>. sorry tim <laughs> that he's doing and i I walk past some of the places he goes to i go to i have friends in richmond i go to the pub in richmond and, and meet them and whatnot i've not been to the pub from ted lasso and he's been there which i think is really funny that he's living a more cultural experience in the five days he's been here than the 36 years that i've lived here off and on uh which is quite funny and i've got to tell you this another quick thing um so danny came in on uh monday before we recorded the show uh the majority of the show on monday and so I was reminded this earlier on because I'm doing like a dry January thing, but not with like alcohol. I'm doing it with like food. So I'm trying to bring it back down from the uh, the all-inclusive holiday to Gran Canaria and the, the Christmas period. So I'm, I'm kind of watching my diet. Anyway, we had a lovely time last week and we went to Borough Market where you and I went um, when you were in London. Lovely market by London Bridge. You ever get the chance. Great street food. Um uh, they had mac and cheese and fish and chips and all the kind of stuff you get in, in street food places anyway um a great time the three kids and Danny and mrs dunseth and i was just walking to find this pastel donato place that i quite like uh in the market and i'm walking with mrs dunseth and she said oh so um you, we're gonna get a cake this cake place you've been talking about and i was like well I, i'm trying not to eat dessert uh before like before dessert time, if at all, because I'm trying to keep my calories under 1600 a day to try and get my weight back under control. And she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, or maybe we we'll find something something for the kids then. Are you going to have lunch with us? Are you going to have like the mac and cheese? The boys were eating like mac and cheese. Are you going to get something to eat?" I was like, "Well, I've got a I've got a soup. I've I, I brought a soup with me, a 200 calorie vegetable soup. That I've got back wow. in the office, so I can't can't have that. And then the boys that like, went to go to the toilet before going on this walking tour they were going on, and so I took them to a pub around the corner, which I like to go to with the kind of um you know, the office pub that everyone goes to for leaving dues and whatnot. So we went in there and I thought, oh, we'll get a quick drink while we're here. So I bought like Danny a pint and whoever wanted a drink. And I was like, oh, I'll just have a half. I'll just have a, a small Peroni. It's only 150 calories. We'll get back to work after this. And Mrs. Dunseth turned around to me, Tim. And she said, wow, you might be the driest guy I've ever met. <laughs> Which I thought was just excellent. Because I always think of myself as a bit of a daring risk-taking renegade yeah but she will know me as a vegetarian diet conscious near teetotaler it's not something many people think of me uh, but mrs dunset does so there you
1: go yeah i was gonna say when i when you and i went to borough market a couple years ago now before this whole thing called the pandemic Mm. i I think i stopped at about four different places and it was one of those where for me it was i'm on vacation i'll worry about this in a week um but yeah good you can't take back a first impression, but good yeah. on you for for
0: sticking to it. Because I think yes. I think
1: you, I, I'm certainly in that boat as well. Uh, after the holidays, y'all need
0: to tone it down. Just to tone leave. it down. Yeah, yeah. I also at some point she was like, "Oh, do you want to get like?" I think fish and chips are one of the options, and I was like, oh, "I'm a vegetarian." Yeah, that's tough. And she was like, "Well, you don't eat fish?" And I was like, "No, full vegetarian." And then I kind of said, "I just, I just, I just like my." food to not have had some element of murder in the food chain of it yeah, well which kind of led you to and it. i you and i disagree on that we'll see that's that. true but you are a mass murderer um yeah. right that's our intro to tidbits this is tidbits coming up and it's got one of tim's um favorite features in it which is tom slags off tattoos so this is tidbits this week from grumpy pundits on sirius xmfc our friend matt lawrence jaws himself of millwall crystal palace and Pulling off a leather jacket fame is with me. Stick around for for tidbits. Here it is. It's time for tidbits on grumpy pundits. Time now for some tidbits on today's Grumpy Pundits here on Sirius XMFC 157. Stories that we thought were interesting over the past week, but not strong enough for a full section of discussion on today's program. I'm Tom Money, the great Matt Lawrence is alongside me. Jaws himself, the Millwall and Crystal Palace legend. Um, Now, I've got a story here that I'm sure all of you listening to this, or the vast majority, would have been across this week. Now, there was a production meeting earlier in the week between our producers here at Sirius XMFC when this happened on national television in the UK this week. And all the producers agreed, quite rightly, could be kids in the car, we're on in the daytime, that we can't play the clip to you. But I did set Brian and Marcos a challenge this morning um, to make this clip playable. Now, this is... Match of the Day Live in the UK. It's a a flagship broadcast in the UK. The presenter, the world-famous Gary Lineker, was hosting an an FA Cup encounter between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Liverpool. And during the build-up, before he spoke to Alan Shearer on the gantry, there was suddenly some unexpected sound being played in the background. Um, It sounded like... How to put this on daytime radio... It sounded like mating season at the zoo. Let's put it that way. Um, Now, we can't play you the full clip here for reasons that I think you all know are obvious, but we did get the boys to have some fun with it, so here's broadly what happened on the BBC this week.
2: And (laughs) Joining us for this one, former Liverpool midfielder Danny Murphy alongside former Liverpool and Wolves midfielder Paul Ince, who's already steered Reading through. Uh, to the fourth round. Right, well, we'll find out shortly. I've been really trying to... And right, that's only that making that noise. Trying to hold... Toasty in this studio. It's a bit noisy as well. I don't know if somebody's sending something on someone's phone. I think mean, it was joke. I don't know whether you heard it at home. But um, uh, How's it on the gantry? A bit chilly?
3: Yeah, it's, um, it's very
2: cold. My ears are cold, so yours will be freezing up here, Gary. <laughs> OK, Alan, um, keep warm up there as, uh, as much as you can. Uh, let's hear from both managers who've been talking to Kelly Summers. Toasty in this studio.
0: Very good. I think that conveyed it very nicely. Um, A guy called Daniel Jarvis, who is Jarvo on YouTube, um, being described as porn prankster in the Daily Mail, Um, claimed credit for the ear-splitting animalistic noises on this live TV program. Um, And there are serious concerns about security here, but we're going to look at it from the funnier angle. Uh, Jarvo has 21 convictions, including a prison term for various pranks. Um, necked free beer after easily hiding a phone in the Match of the Day studio, bragging simply there was no one there to stop us. It is something that has been reported to West Midlands police, but no crime was actually committed uh, in this prank. Um, Gary Nileka posted after it had happened of them finding the phone... Um, one of those phones from like the 90s or early noughties where the battery lasts about eight days. Um, So he could have put in there days and days ago for all we know and said it actually was quite a decent prank. Um, And he is a man apparently that's, that's taken a dive at the World Diving Final at one point, came on the field during a rugby union match between Wales and New Zealand, and at one point during his prankster career, came out on field as a cricketer, dressed up in these whites with the bat and pads on as England played India back in 2021. Matt... I mean, to be fair, it was really funny, um, and I think the the boys in the studio actually handled it very, very well. But, 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 your thoughts? I mean, did you recognise those noises?
2: No, I didn't. No, no, I, I've been asexual and celibate for most of my adult <laughs> life, Tom. So yeah, I didn't recognise any of those noises whatsoever. But can we just go back, <laughs> Java? Come on, Java. There, there's only one Java. That's Jarvis Cocker. Of pulp, as we all know, there's nobody else's Java, and his mum and dad must be so proud. Java, twenty-one <laughs> convictions, yeah, way to stay in school, kids. But he is a YouTuber, oh. so he's probably he's probably making more money than me. Well, certainly on this show, anyway, Tom. So he
0: said uh, in an interview to the Sun, of course, um, that he bought the uh, ringtone for the phone, old school. They strapped it to the top of the wall, and because the colour of the phone, no one could see it. Um, We had a cheers with the beers afterwards inside the Wolverhampton Wanderers dressing room, then it was a waiting game until the television uh, came on the following night, hoping no one had found the phone. Staff didn't say anything that they were walking around Molyneux the day before the game, and he said, quote, I was tempted to jump in the home changing room ice bath, but I didn't have a towel. I also used the toilet in the away dressing room, which was terrible, like a PE changing room in the 1990s, and after we planted the phone, we took a beer and then we just got out. He said they tested it at 1am on Tuesday, and and then called it 10 times during the broadcast using a burner phone from his cousin's house, uh, believed to be somewhere in Kent. But there we go. Great detail on it. Um, top, top uh, prank, I think. Um, do you want another tidbit? I mean, I've got loads yeah. here. I don't know if you've got a great deal, but I've got 100 a day, so I can throw these at you.
2: Well, talking of pranks, Valt Weghorst just signed for Manchester United. It must be one. <laughs> it's right up there with the greatest pranks. Burnley reject to Manchester United via Besiktas. It's absolutely genius pranking from Ten Hag and it has to be right up there with Fellaini to Manchester United via your great Moisire as well. So yeah, God bless him. how on earth can it happen? Valt Weghorst makes me, his mobility makes me look you know, like Usain Bolt. And to be perfectly honest, course <laughs> makes you look like a footballer, Tom, and that's probably a bigger problem. <laughs> I, I don't see it. I don't know what happened, but Valtveggos to Manchester United is my pranky tidbit. Pranky, um,
0: pranky I like that. Um, I thought this was a pranky when um, Mikhailo I've not said this out loud before, I don't think. Mikhailo Mudrik was unveiled as, as Chelsea's recent signing. And he posed in the, the back room at Stamford Bridge before being unveiled at half-time during the Palace game. And his neck tattoo was really grabbing to me. Now, regular listeners will know that I hate tattoos. I think they're all rubbish. There's never been a good tattoo ever in the history of mankind. And the fact that we're allowing these kind of 20-year-old rich men to permanently draw on their skin feels dumb to me. Um, and this guy is case in point. He's got a tattoo on his neck that says, Talent ain't enough. And it's on, oh, I don't know, this bit, like, top Topper esophagus underneath the Adam's apple, that, that sort of area. So any shirt you wear, you will always have this tattoo on show. He'd need to wear, like, a roll neck to cover this up if he's going to, like, dinner with his mum or something. Um... But it says talent ain't enough, which is already stupid. But then talent is crossed out. So it's talent crossed out. So the tattoo is now just ain't enough, which it doesn't make any sense. Does that mean he ain't enough? Does that mean that talent is enough? Does that mean not talent ain't enough? Does that mean there are three people on his hit list? John Talent, Billy Ain't, and Darren Enough? And John Talent has been murdered? And Billy Ain't and Darren Enough are next? I, I don't know if he's an international hitman. Is this like Lionel Hutz? Works on contingency? No. Money down. Talent ain't enough. It-, it just... It's so bad. It doesn't make any sense to me. The messaging is not clear. And it's just a terrible tattoo. So that was going to be enough, Matt, I thought of a tidbit. But then someone alerted me to the other tattoos uh, that this young boy has got. And... I mean, it's fair to say he loves Jesus. He loves the Jesus. Um, he's got only Jesus written on his like the left side of his neck in like uh, handwriting. Massive it is, like the size of your hand. Only Jesus means nothing. Um, he's also got on his on his right kind of peck on his chest, right. Do you remember the? there was a lot of controversy about the, um, what do you call it, the font Comic Sans? People hate Comic Sans. I watched a documentary about this once, where people just can't stand Comic Sans, which is one of the options on kind of Microsoft Word. And it's like a child's font. And people hate it. They can't stand looking at it. There's whole groups and subcultures on Reddit about how people hate Comic Sans. And if people write a sign in Comic Sans, that's when you know that the person writing the sign really hates you. Um, Well, Mudrick has a tattoo on his chest that looks like it's in Comic Sans. It might not be, but I think it is. Um, And it says this. Dear God, if today I lose my hope, please remind me that your plans are better than my dreams. (sighs) This is an adult man that's had this tattooed on his chest. Dear God. If today, I don't know, is this a quote from someone or did he write this? I, I don't know, but it's just, and it's mass. It's massive. Like, it's basically a human book, a book you don't want to read. Um, on the other peck, there's a, like a heart with a football on it, more of a tattooy thing, Yeah, a silly drawing or something. Again, children. Um, on his finger, his right index finger, he's got thank you, God, I mean, if you've not thanked God enough on your body, I don't think they're... When you get to the pearly gates, should they exist, I don't think they check your body for a written invitation. Also, why would you want it on your finger? You know, where's that going to... I just don't know. Where's that finger been? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're stuffing a turkey at Thanksgiving, wh- wh- why Why would God need to be involved in it? I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird. It's weird. He's also got um, the Portuguese word for faith. Uh, only one of his fingers. There's one of them kind of weird figure eights, which I think means infinity, because uh, it keeps on going forever, just above only Jesus on his neck. It's got like a weird heart on his his cheek in one of these pictures. I don't know if that's real. And there's another one, which might be the worst of the lot. I know I'm ragging on this multimillionaire 20-something, but I mean, he did put a bunch of stupid stuff on his body. So what was he expecting? Now, I don't know if this last one is real, Matt. I hope it is, because I've been sent this on like a WhatsApp group. So this feels like it might be a lie. But because the other ones are so rubbish, talent ain't enough. It might be real. There's a picture of Jesus, classic white Jesus. Um, you know, not Middle Eastern Jesus, obviously. Uh, it's white Jesus with his brown hair and his brown beard. So, you know, he's, he's picked his favorite of the Jesus, the G-Zi. Um And there's a picture of Jesus, classic kind of school... Uh, your first Bible, Jesus, and around it... Now, I don't know if this is real. I want it to be real so hard, I'm bringing it to you. Around it, in English, which I think is weird, it says, <laughs> it says, it says, it says, Jesus is my bestie. It
2: <laughs> can't be real. That can we, is can real. we look Tom, into that this? That is not real. That is Apparently 100% percent it's, it's on the like inside surely. bit of his
0: arm. It's a shot of him scoring a goal for, uh, for, for Shakhtar. <laughs> and it says, Jesus is my bestie. Oh, God. All right. I, I just Any
2: comment, Matt? I mean, anything to say? Well, I, I still think you've missed a couple. That's the thing. There's the on his right. Calf outside of his right calf. He's just had again, 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 and again. Tattoos. The word again. And that is uh, again, six times. Yeah. What? Again. <laughs> yes, on his uh, on his leg, on his lower right leg. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not understanding the fact they're all in English as well. So unless we've yes. been had by one of Javo's best pranks right here, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's got
0: Javo's done us again oh i well i've never i've not seen him in the flesh so i don't know i've not given him a full inspection but i mean this is why do you have this in school matt like this it was mainly girls actually younger girls when i was in school 10 15 years ago whatever they wanted to get tattoos it was a thing at some point in essex that maybe someone famous was getting like you know the old tramp stamp on the back of the, the the back of the back whatever as we used to call them in those days um and they were all getting them done. But you used to have to... One of my friends had to take their mum to the tattoo uh, artist parlor, whatever. And she had to sign something. She was under... One assumes 16. I don't know. Maybe it's until... I, I, it's I forget. it's under
2: 18, I think. Yeah.
0: Something like that. But, like, the mum signed off on it. And she got, like... Um, what was it? Like a lotus flower or something. And that girl went on to become Mrs. Rennie. No. Um, but vaguely um but it, yeah but it just I would have done but married her I mean but I j- just like there's a reason you take your parent or a guardian or a responsible adult into the tattoo parlor with you so you don't have Jesus is my bestie tattooed on you that's that's the reason that's the reason I,
2: I still don't think that can be true surely to Jesus Can't is be my real. bestie no. no I'll look into well, it let, further I'll look into further if you had it written in Ukrainian there's every chance it could be real but in English no
0: yes that's true. Well, I'll find out. That that one might be a joke, but the one about um, <laughs> the one about the the three people he's murdered, um, and the one he's one one he's murdered, and the, Billy ain't and, and John Talon. When he gets there, when he crosses them out, that's when you know you're in trouble. Uh, right. Here's another tidbit for you. Sad news in recent times. Shakira, Shakira, Shakira. Um, she is uh, divorcing or has divorced Gerard Piquet. I forget where they are in the, the process of all that. I, I don't care enough to look into it further. But in Marca this week, really interesting story that grabbed me. Shakira and Gerard Piquet's breakup continues to generate controversy, they say, as new rumours arise about the reasons why the couple decided to go their separate ways, as it was revealed that the Colombian singer had hired a detective agency and discovered... That he was cheating on her using a private dick. Shakira allegedly resorted to an agency to hire detectives who would have followed PK's every step and thus discovered his infidelity, according to the TV show. Well, I should have got Marcos to say this. El Gordo y la Flaca. El Gordo y la Flaca. What does that mean? Is that. Well, I'll ask you in a second. Well, when you do your tidbit, tell us that as well. That's two tidbits you've got to do now. Um, but apparently, she came into possession, so say Marker, of a selection of images of Gerard PK cheating on her with a bunch of women. One was Ricky Puig's girlfriend, Gemma Iglesias' friend, apparently. Um... At one point, the mother of Gavi, the player's teammate in the Barcelona first team, was even said to have been the cause of the separation between Shakira and Piquet. Um, this rumour was quickly denied by the media, but we haven't got confirmation from the private dig. Uh, journalist Lorena Vasquez and Laura Farr um, have been speaking in their podcast. Too much Spanish in this for me. Why do not you do this one? Uh, Mamoritzis uh, have been pointing out the singer had caught the Barcelona player with several other women and that's the reason they made the decision to separate, because she found out by hiring Matt, the private dick. Thoughts?
2: Well, who was using the private dick, Shakira or Piquet? I'm not sure. Oh. How, and how?
0: I'll be a private dancer, dancer for money. Do what Gerald PK would do.
3: I will add here, Tom, if I may, to, to the story. Yes, please. There, please there, do. Was a, there was a caveat, and who knows if it's true or not, but there was some reports in Spain this week that one of the things that they found out and one of the reasons that Shakira was able to figure out that he was cheating on or even start this was because, I guess, Pique doesn't like strawberry jam. And she came back from whatever she was doing one day and there was less strawberry jam in the container than when she left. And he had no explanation for that.
0: Wow. Take, take that for what it's worth. That is some serious Columbo stuff. She's not Colombian. She's Columbo. That's incredible. I wonder if you put the jam on the private dick. Now, we're not going to do that because we're a better show than that. Um... It's tidbits as well, so we should say, allegedly, 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 we don't know anything about any of this. We're just taking it from Marca and reporting it to you. If there's someone to be sued, uh, it's those two women I butchered the names of earlier on uh, and their podcast. (laughs) Uh, Oh, by the way, Marcos, thank you for this. El Gordo y la Flaca translates to the fat one and the skinny one. (laughs) So you know it's top level. You know it's top level content. From El y la Flaca. <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant! That is brilliant, right? Uh, do, do we got any others? Have we peaked? I don't know. I've got, I've got more. I do have more. I do have more. I'm conscious of not being wildly over time this week, um, because we quite rightly got in trouble last week. Let me give you one more tidbit uh, of one I like. One final one I did want to do today. Um, I won't do the... uh, Should I do that one? That's quite a good one, actually. Oh, there's a couple of nice ones. Let me do this one, actually. The one I was going to do there was the one where someone threw a knuckle duster on the pitch in a game in Turkey this week, but I've got no time for that. Um, One last one this week. Uh, Loads of Lionel Messi tributes post-World Cup. Uh, One that really caught my eye this week um, was on a farm in Argentina. A farmer called... Lots of pronunciation this week. You should have done this one as well. Uh, Maximiliano... Spinazze, Maximiliano Spinazzi? Um he's a farmer, and he's decided on his fields to grow an image of Lionel Messi by planting a specifically designed cornfield. And like 90% of America is corn. Uh, so I, I thought this would appeal to our listeners too. Uh, Spinazzi used a method which allowed <laughs> him to calculate where seeds would need to be planted in his field in Los Condores, which is in the central Cordobia province of Argentina. Uh, Luckily for Spinazze, so say Football Joe, his calculations proved to be correct and an image of Lionel Messi can now be seen on this cornfield in Los Condores in Argentina and Matt, it's been grown on a 124 acre piece of land and Lionel Messi's face can now be seen from space in corn.
2: Well... I'm uh, almost lost <laughs> words with that, Tom. Not really. No, that, that's no. absolutely it, Tom. There is okay. a giant Lionel Messi in a cornfield in Argentina that we there can see from space. Perfect. What a way and, to end this segment.
0: And after Argentina had won the World Cup, and after a few nights out uh, with um, the first-team squad... They were all husks of men. I was trying to make that work. It didn't work. Um, let's go to one more uh, from Marcos. Here's the jingle for Marcos. Marcos, 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 Marcos has a tidbit, has a tidbit. Thank you, Tom.
3: Let's go to Italy here. Let's go to Serie a. Let's go to Salnitana. which hopefully we're oh, getting that right. He's,
0: he's so good with uh, the pronunciation. He's too cultured for us. You're too cultured well, for this show.
3: We give it a shot. Uh, we're not going to check if that's actually right or wrong. But they got a new coach. <laughs> and that's a story. Okay. The only catch to this is they also fired the same coach two days ago. So they lost, lost. over the weekend 8-2 uh, to two to Atalanta. And uh, on Monday, they fired the coach. And then Not on enough. Wednesday, they rethought about it. And they hired him again. Uh, club president Danilo Yervolino had a great line. He said, you only realize how much you love someone when they leave. <laughs> Which I guess they really realized it very quickly. <laughs> He also did say there that uh, he deserves another chance, but, you know, the team will have to suffer, and maybe he'll be let go if they suffer another humiliating defeat, which really leaves an open-ended as to how long he's going to be there.
0: Do you know, I don't know this as fact, cause as you know, I don't know enough about other leagues, but I think in Italy this is reasonably common, because don't they sign... They have an employment contract that means they can't get sacked. So even if you get sort of sacked, as we would term it they remain an employee of that club until the end of that contract. And so that's why managers can be sacked and then brought back without kind of financial penalty and and, and legal challenge and whatnot. We'll have to get Stilatano or Pete or someone to talk about it more, because I I never know these things. But I read that There was a story like this a couple of years ago, and and I found that out. Um, Tweet us at SiriusXM if that's true. Send me a link to a story on it. I think it is true that they're sacked but they're not sacked. You don't just get a settlement, you remain employed for the length of that contract. So if it was like an Alan Pardew thing, like you stay at Newcastle for eight and a half years, even if you get sacked after two years, because they have to keep on paying you for the length of the contract, or something like that, which is why they keep coming back. Top tidbiting, though I will say, when you have got someone on the team who speaks Spanish, he should maybe do the Spanish pronunciations during tidbits, and maybe stay away from the Italian pronunciations. Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Want more grumpy pundits? Listen weekdays from 9 to noon Eastern on SiriusXM FC, Channel 157 and on the SXM app.